Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 176 of the Big Boo Cast. It's just a normal week for all of us. What with the pandemic in the world? But listen here, I have some really good news for us all because this week, Melanie and I are so happy to have a special guest and that special guest's name is Beth Moore. She has been such a great friend to both of us over the course of about the last 10 years and this combination of mentor and sister and friend and we are so happy to get to talk to her today specifically to talk about her new book which is called Chasing Vines. It is rich and deep and good and instructive and if you find you have a little extra time on your hands right now be a great read. It is helpful. It is reassuring. It's so so good. So can't recommend it enough. So glad you're with us. Hope you and the people you love are doing really well. Y'all hang in there. Together, we can do anything. So, together, we're about to do episode 176 of the podcast. See, I told you. All right. Hope y'all enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And we are excited today because we have a very special guest. She is our mentor. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's a speaker. Maybe you've heard of her. She's written a few Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Beth Moore with us today. Okay? And we cannot be more thrilled. Melanie and Sophie, you listen, I want to I begin by saying this that not one of the three can be trusted for two minutes. (laughs) I just, I think that it should, I think that we have to, to issue some kind of disclaimer from the very beginning that not one thing they may hear in this entire podcast may be actually true. That's fair. That feels like the truest thing you've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's well, clear. I just gonna say something. Y'all are gonna be the best date I've had since our last podcast together. I can't wait. I know we're so excited. We've been so excited. And I'm in the middle of my spring break, and I was like, "Oh, I will interrupt spring break." Not that we're doing anything that big, but still, I will interrupt spring break to be able to talk to Beth on the podcast. <laughs> well, I could not be happier. And there are two, not two people on, on the earth I could be talking to like this that I love any more than I do the two of you. Well, thank you. You know, we feel the same. We are just, we just adore you. Now, I mean, okay, so I told you earlier, and I have told Melanie, my English teacher self really found a lot of happiness and, 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 and joy in the extended metaphor of your new book. It's called Chasing Finds. So I've got to get that out of my system before we can be real silly. And we're going to have to let her, Melanie, because honestly, <laughs> we're not going to be able to get on with it until we until we really work this through with Sophie. So we're going to, we're going to let her, we're going to yeah. let her do this. Yeah. I have, a, you know who, you know who showed up today? Mrs. Hudson. <laughs> Mrs. Hudson has shown up for the podcast. Uh, listen, I did. Listen, I, 
I've made notes. I, I'm going to tell you because I love a metaphor so much. And I said when this book came out that, that you, Beth, you could find a metaphor in a pile of spaghetti noodles. Like you can find the deeper thing in anything. So you know, this I probably one... could find a metaphor in in noodles. I probably could. I, I mean could. it. I mean it. Mm-hmm. And I I guess probably because I just love I love 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 pictures that are made of words. You know, it's probably mm-hmm. one reason why I lean toward that terrible terrible medium of Twitter more than I do Instagram <laughs> is because I love words mm-hmm. so much. But I I love that that we can create images with uh phrases and so that probably is what drives a lot of that well so this particular extended metaphor which see if i were still an english teacher we'd be all up in here's an extended metaphor for everybody with the vines and the branches and the pruning and the fruit and the whole thing in your book that's called chasing vines um it is miles deep like it is there's it's just it's practically bottomless i can't even i can't even tell y'all like as an english teacher what it did to me endorphin wise to read about all those things. Sophie, that makes my day. And I will say before you ask a question that um, I got to tell you that it did the same thing to me. And one of the things that probably surprises women as, as a response to them when they'll say something like, you know, occasionally someone will say something like, you know, breaking free changed my life. And I'm able to look at her, I mean, dead on in the eye and go, it did mine too. Mm-hmm. That I have to remember that, that, um, that, well, we, we know this because we all three write, but it may be a new thought to a listener that we're living the whole thing out before it ever gets to anyone else. There's mm-hmm. no pushing back from it. I'm never an arm's distance from what I'm writing. If, if I'm writing it, to some to the public it is because it somehow so moved me privately that I couldn't do anything else but um follow it through uh to the public but it uh it has done the same thing to me Sophie in that I still thought about it again this morning even Mm -hmm. after now it's been a number of months since the last uh T was crossed in it and the last uh sentence was was closed with a period. So it is just, it is an, a metaphor that in the scriptures just does not, just does not give out. It does right. not give out, period. Right. So when I started the book, by page four, there's a sentence. And don't you love when people do this to you and you, and you have to remember, but I think you'll remember mm-hmm. it because there's a sentence on page four that says, every direction I looked, I saw vines. Yes. And I, I, listen, I just went straight to tears because, I mean, I'm guessing, I don't know, because we haven't talked about this, but what was your awareness in that moment? Because for me, I was like, oh, just like the, the, the realization or the reminder of all the ways God connects us and connects events and connects us to him and, and, and moves in us and through us, like all those connections. Was that part of your awareness in that or well, was it yeah, something else? Yeah, you know, I, I know that, that you guys can understand this and uh, so many of our listeners, we were able to get this too. In fact, I, I would wish that we could hear feedback on this. Those times when your eyes suddenly widen or maybe they just mm-hmm. flat bug out of your head when you go, it's a divine setup. When yeah. you realize, I thought, Lord, I mean, it, he was my immediate thought. I thought, I cannot believe he has done this mm-hmm. because <laughs> even though I had no idea where it would go, 
I cannot tell you the feeling. And I did, you guys know me well enough to know that you really can picture me doing this, turning around in a circle all the Uh way around, spinning (laughs) around and going, this, this is too much. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. There was no way to miss him. Now, I wouldn't have, of course, in that first uh, couple of minutes seen a book coming, but I knew the Lord was about to bring a passage to lie for me. I Mm -hmm. knew that he, okay, I'll say it this way. I knew he was about to delight me and that he was already grinning because Mm. he knew how I was going to react. Because because Mm. let me tell you something, he knows he's going to have somebody that's going to jump up and down here. I, I'm going to do that. Right. I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, um, there's nothing uh, vaguely uh, mild about my reactions. And if he was looking for a big one, he got it because I was like, I could not slap enough. I mean, I could just have walked around and hit everything I saw going, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with what I am seeing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Melissa said it so beautifully. She said, um, you know, I've never, she said, mother, I've never, ever been inclined toward pictures of Tuscany because they didn't look real. And she said, I'm realizing now as I stare at it, it's because it doesn't look real. Mm. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I, I think God's so sweet to give us those moments, like where we're just awed and, and you use the word delighted and, and just in wonder over how he weaves all these things together. So you see, you see the vines, they're everywhere you look. How long did it take from that moment until you started writing the book? Okay, well, in my head, probably 12 hours. And the reason why I say that, that, I I always start writing in my head first. And I do mean in full sentences. Like it won't be long. If If I'm in a project, it won't be long until the first sentence is written. I have a, I have a memoir that is just spinning around in my head that I've done nothing with, but I have written the first sentence in my head. I mean, it's just like engraved there. And so, so here was my first sight. I'm totally taken aback because I just didn't think about the trip far enough. We didn't plan our stops. We let our good friend who is um, a traveler, Agent, we let her do that for us. And so we just went where she sent us. So mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for what I was mm-hmm. seeing, but that it was the next morning when uh, a taxi was taking us from our little inn out in rural Tuscany into Siena. And we, we, she brought us down the hill from where we were staying and then put us on the, the main little, I mean, just two lane highway. This is, this is just weaving through the hills and all of it, all of its vineyards. And she can see that I'm beside myself because I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing them clipping off the clusters. But what uh, I'm not realizing is that they're at the very end of it. They're at, mm-hmm. We just timed it right at the very end. I'm plastered to it, just plastered. And I asked the girls, can we stop? Can I Can I get out and take a picture? They said, no, no, we'll do it on the way back. But the driver could see that we were just like, mesmer- that I was mesmerized. Mm-hmm. And so she said, and I, I'll, I can't do it justice because I can't say it in her thick accent, but she said, do you want to know something about the vines? And she adjusted oh. her rearview mirror where she could see my face and I could see the twinkle in her eye. And I said, yes. And she said, she said, uh, she said, the grapes, she said, they love the rocky soil. Mm. And at that moment, that book was as good as written. I mean, <laughs> it was done. It was done because I can't explain 
I chase that thought down. Um, you'll hear it said often that stressed vines make the best wines, and mm-hmm. it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And there, there are there are um, environmental and um, all sorts of of uh, natural reasons, nature's reasons why that is true. But just of all the crops on the face of the earth. It is a strange thing about vines that they do not flourish under great conditions. Mm. And I, I just don't know. I, I thought <laughs> in my life, y'all, right. in my life, I have never had a single patch of soil that was not rocky. Right. I never have. And I guess it was that thought, you know, this is you know, all the, all this time I've been thinking my fruits the strawberry. I love strawberries, I love watermelons, but I'm, I've never cared one hoot, not one whit about a grape. I never, I pass them by in a second, but right. all of a sudden I went, no, no, it, grape is my fruit. I right. Mean, it was like, right. that was my grape crush, and it was done. It was like, uh uh-uh. uh, no, if you can find me some, if he used this Jesus, a teaching, on the night of his arrest, so mm-hmm. this is the last teaching they are going to hear, full-on teaching that they are going to hear as he explains to them how this whole thing is going to go on and how they're going to still have fruitful lives and how they're going to live effectively and propagate um, the kingdom. When he, He's got this, this one shot at this last teaching right mm-hmm. there, and that's the metaphor he chose right before his arrest. I mean, I don't know. You can just, I don't know what to do that. It's significant is what you're saying. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, that is what I'm saying. Hey y'all, it's me all by myself in the middle of the podcast because I want to talk to you about Scentbird. Melanie and I both went through this weird phase where we were super sensitive to perfumes and colognes. And then we've also both come out of that over the course of the last few years and have had the best time just trying different things and finding the scents that we like. Well, with Scentbird, you can be on the lookout for that signature scent that will make you stand out. However, buying a full bottle of perfume anytime you want to try something new can be expensive. And with Scentbird, you can have great taste and mix up your fragrance routine without breaking the bank. Whether it's Tom Ford or Gucci or Versace, Scentbird.com keeps you smelling good month after month. Melanie and I both have tried several perfumes over the course of the last couple of months with Scentbird. I've found a couple I like so much. But what I like the most, y'all, because the perfumes from Scentbird come in small travel size containers, they're super easy to take with you when you travel. You don't have to worry about a whole big bottle breaking inside your luggage. You can also just wear something for a weekend if you, you know, like it more for the weekend and then get back to your regular scent throughout the week without feeling like you spent a whole bunch of money and you need to wear that one scent all the time. Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes, and they have more than 600 designer brands for you to choose a perfume from each month. You choose the perfume you want to try, and they'll send you a 30-day supply. And if you're not sure what type of scent you're looking for, this is the part I really love, you can sort and find your new fragrance by brand, style, occasion, season, and more. I really like citrusy things and perfumes that smell like the spring and you can search just like that so i'm so happy to tell you that with an exclusive offer just for our listeners you can get 30 percent off your first month of scentbird today that's only ten dollars for your first fragrance so go to scentbird.com big boo 
and use the promo code BIGBOO for 30% off your first month. Again, that's scentbird.com slash BIGBOO to sign up and use our promo code BIGBOO to try your first perfume or cologne for just $10. This is a super fun way to try new scents. It's a super fun way to discover new scents and you're going to have a great time with it. I feel like I can, Melanie, don't you feel like, I feel like I can picture you in that car. I feel like I can see the look yeah. on your face yeah. as you, as you drove past the, the yeah. vineyards. I, I mean, like yeah. I have a, it's and not it's hard. Like the, the girls, you know, unfortunately the girls were not just picturing my face. They were looking at it. <laughs> and when I asked to please go take a picture of the harvesters, they oh. would not let me. And I know good and well is because they knew that I was going to go, child, child, <laughs> that's what tickled me when you were telling that story because because I have a daughter who knows me so well and I know how well your girls know you that I know they were watching all that happen and like somewhere there was an eye roll and a right. here she goes you uh-huh. know it's like when Caroline tells me when I'm about to meet one of her friends she's like mom don't say hi with five syllables you know hi like just a simple <laughs> thank you and mine say, don't say their name six times in the first sentence. <laughs> I said, it's part of being, it's part of being respectful. It's right. saying that not as many times as you say it, mother. One time. Say their name one time. Listen, I think the other thing that would have happened is they would have had to come back and pick you up in the middle of of yeah. those rows of vines the next morning. Because I think you'd have just stayed out there. Well, I think I it would, was, you would have yeah. moved from wonder to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. Okay, so that was my first favorite thing, was just that one simple sentence. Like, because I love, I love connections. I, I, I love how the Lord weaves stuff together. But then there was something, and Melanie, this is going to be my last deep question, and then you can take over, okay? Listen, so, you go. You are okay. fine. Okay, so I have never in my life thought about this. This is more middle of the book, where... I'm just going to read you what you said. You said the vine dresser establishes a training system for his vine or he has no vine dresser at all. This is where the trellis enters the picture. And then you said our, the cross is our stake in the ground. Yes. Like the trellis, it is also our training system. Just reading that just now, chill bumps running all the way down my arm. Oh, I do too. I just got into and, and you said we'll spend all sorts of money on all sorts of training for our jobs um, for our marriages, for our kids, all these different things. You said, but come and die training is a harder sale. Man, it is. You, I tell you, you put that name on a conference and try to sell that baby around. Come and die 2020. It's just, not, it's just not happening. But that is exactly what it is. And I tell you what, if, if when this goes, when you, you guys air this, if there is a way on the um, the uh, whatever media you use, if it's Instagram, then it would be pretty easy. I'm going to send you guys a picture because talk about that cruciform, the way that it looks, that the very mm-hmm. the way that the the vine mm-hmm. is even hung on the trellis. I'm going to send you a 
picture of uh, one of the vines that is just that was on the place where we were invited to come and and do the I tape the the video series that goes mm-hmm. with it because you're not even going to believe it but it mm. it just is such a picture just of of that being of that of being tied down that would yeah. tie down and that uh, yet how it grew and prospered um there is just no end i thought this has had me going i'm trying to think how many years it would have been i would have been in my early 30s when i started studying the tabernacle and that would have been the first i began to come to grips with the absolute brilliance of the mind i mean just pure brilliance that there's no that the depth of it, the texture of it, that I believe when we get into his presence, mm-hmm. it will not be that we had too much imagination. I, of course, of course, understand that a lot of imagination is uh, outside the bounds of, of scripture. But I'm just saying once we're there and we're safe mm-hmm. uh, from ourselves and the body of Christ is safe from us. I, I can tell you right now, we are going to realize that we did not have nearly enough imagination because mm. it's going to be turn this it's going to have been limitless it's going to be i'm telling you i believe it with all of my heart that when we are in his presence we are going to see that the love of is not just the love of god that there is no um limit to the breadth and length and height and depth but it will be the the scriptures it will be everything about his revelation it will have been so multi-layered and mm-hmm. so multi-meaningful that our mm-hmm. minds will not comprehend it that you know that makes my English teacher oh. self so happy. Oh, like I, 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 I just that lights me up from the inside out. Now in that that whole section, which I will say, that whole section is the whole book is deep, but this section to me, like you could camp out for a week on every paragraph. There's just there's so much to think about. So here's here's the next thing. This is my last thing. I'm going to quote Melanie, and then we're going to move into the, all the critical <laughs> issues of the day. But this, um, this paragraph where you said our culture's tireless training and narcissism has not made us happy, it has made us miserable. We're so full of ourselves that we're vomiting ourselves all over our public platforms. We have not broken our mirrors, but our mirrors have broken us. The way Narcissus' obsession with his own reflection ultimately broke him, and then the way of the cross is painful, to be sure, but it is also a peculiar relief over the long oh. haul. The weight of an unchecked human ego becomes a heavier load to bear than a cross. I, you, you want to talk about something that sat me up is that. And so cry. I know. And so, because I think too, the, all this narcissism, I think it's also made us really numb, like not just in terms of a lack of sympathy or a lack of, of empathy, but also in terms of our perception of what it looks like to love one another and honor one another. I agree. To lead one another. I agree. So, so my, I, are we doomed to sit in this thing? I mean, is well, this, you know, I mean, is there yeah. any good way forward? One, uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, you talk about having to go. We're going to have to go backward to go forward. Mm-hmm. And I mean that because we're going to have to go mm-hmm. back to the things we can't improve there. Are, yes, we can do lots of things to have uh, new approaches right. uh, to. Um, and opportunities to uh, share the gospel, perhaps methods to share the gospel. But the the, the things of the early uh, spiritual disciplines of of prayer, of, of Bible study, mm-hmm. of fasting, 
of the community of saints. And this is what I'm about to get at. These cannot be replaced. And one of the things it gets to, and this is for, for our listeners, especially especially those that may be in the process of reading or, or haven't um, begun and, and end up reading it. Later in the book, one of the very important things we talk about when it comes to a chapter uh, that is about ingathering or the har- the actual harvest mm-hmm. is that how it was meant to happen for our fruit bearing. It was meant to happen that, that a number of us are, that we're we're partnered together in lots of things so that when the, the, the harvest happens, there's a joy that multiplies to many Mm -hmm. instead of that. It's just this one, um, autonomous person in their own branded ministry (laughs) that is disconnected from everybody else. Mm -hmm. Listen, a vine that only has one branch that produces any clusters is a malfunctioning vine. Mm -hmm. It's just not the way it was supposed to have been. We were supposed to have been so involved with one another that we would know uh, other one another's. We'd experience the um, the ups and downs of the right. of the process. And for the three of us, uh, we've we've done that numerous times because we were all writers. The, right. the pain that just goes with the process of writing, of then editing, of then moving toward publishing, all of these things we've talked about numerous times and then celebrated with one another because this is this is part of what makes it meaningful to right. us. But this, mm-hmm. I've got to have my own spotlight. It's, it's got to be mm-hmm. on me. It's, it's an extremely dysfunctional thing. Right. And uh, it does not produce joy it produces an ego that it can't even keep up with that's the thing yeah. is that you can't you create this you make this all about you and you will never ever be happy because the universe never gets the memo to rotate around you it <laughs> just it's not going to work it will right. the world will not cooperate and and uh, spin uh, on our behalf it's just not going to so it's a miserable way to live yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, that I could stay in that section for a while but I'm not going to put you through that in terms of, of me <laughs> continually reading you sections and then you feeling like you and you got to respond. So I'm going to, I'm going to hush for a minute. I'm going to let Melanie ask you a question because I have temporarily, at least I have satisfied my, my um, yearning for knowledge. <laughs> some, so, some of your English teacher needs. I have, yes. but okay. if you are, you yes. need to know that if you were anywhere around the greater Birmingham area at this point in your life, I would have already scheduled a symposium for you to come into my school (laughs) and talk to these children about symbolism. Listen to me. So Hudson, all in the world you you ever have to do to get me is just make me one of those chicken and dressing casseroles that you made me last (laughs) moment there. And I'm going to tell you something. You can get me to agree to anything. Just put any contract in front of me. I mean, I'm going to tell you, don't tell me you can't get drunker than a skunk (laughs) on a, on a a chicken and dressing casserole because I did that day. Euphoria, absolute euphoria. I'm going to say, I really felt like, because normally, you know how when you cook for people or you cook a big meal for, for your family or whatever, you kind of don't want to eat it because you've just smelled it all day. Yes. I think the Lord was really gracious gracious that day 
because it like I can look back even and say in all humility like that was an extra good batch I think it's, it was because it was for you and K-Mac but that was a really good batch of chicken and dressing you know what you had a good feeling about it I did because when I, did. I came you had just taken it out of the oven and you were already sort of nodding your head like I was uh-huh. and I think because the Lord had me in such a place of humility because my house was torn up remember yeah. I'm sure you do we were painting so yeah. That's really I, my the success of your visit was really staked on that chicken and dressing. It, it, so he was kind. Was, it, mm-hmm. it truly was. It was the funniest thing. I'd looked so forward to seeing your darling house, and I'm telling you, if there was not plastic laid over <laughs> all the furniture, as if it had, as if some the elderly had moved out of it generations ago, and it had been left so that it could <laughs> not collect dust. Was. It was like one of a, a tiny, like one of those old uh, mansions in the movies where everything's been covered over with plastic. That's what it was like, Melanie. That's yeah. what. It yeah. <laughs> Beth could not tell you what one piece of furniture in my house looks like because it was no, all it was it was shrouded no, no, no. every bit of it. Anything was under that plastic, but caskets. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's not our best day. Decoratively, it was not our well, best day. But what you lacked in home decor, you made up for in chicken dressing. Exactly. That's right. That's right. In God's economy, it all worked out. It, it really all worked did. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all even. Hello. It's me again with a quick break in this episode to talk to you about Care Of. Melanie and I have both been big fans of Care Of for the last couple of years. They have really great vitamins and supplements to make it so easy for you to figure out what you need to take. Well, I am so happy to tell you that now Care Of can help all of us work on our beauty goals from all angles with a combination of targeted ingredients for hair, skin, and nails. Care of listened when a lot of their customers were looking for research-backed supplements for hair and skin that actually work. And even though there are hundreds of beauty supplements on the market, it can be hard to know what you actually need and hard to know what will work for your specific beauty goals. Well, Care of makes it so easy. And the best part is there's absolutely no guesswork when it comes to your care of beauty routine. You just take their online quiz and you'll instantly receive your scientifically backed recommendations based on your goals and your lifestyle, your diet. And care of doesn't just stop at hair, skin and nails when it comes to your beauty goals. They dig deeper to see if there are underlying causes such as hormones or sleep or digestion that might be affecting them in the first place. Y'all, I think my favorite thing about care of besides these great new supplements that are so helpful in terms of knowing how to nourish your hair and skin and nails is that they come in this little package and you just snap off your little pack every day and it's got everything you need to take in there. If you're going out of town for three nights, you just snap off three packs, throw them in your bag and you're good to go. They make it so easy to remember what to take and to have everything all together at one time. So it's exciting because Care has all these great products in the beauty space and it has really reminded me how much I love this brand. If you would like to track Care Of, all you have to do is go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code BigBooCast50 for 50% off your first Care Of order. It's pretty snazzy. You go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the code BigBooCast50 for 50% off your first order. Y'all, it's super convenient. Highly recommend. Okay, so here's here's one of my questions that um, we were talking about. So, you know, Sophie and I, it's really no mistake that we love air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love our creature comforts. And, yes. you know, I have no desire to camp ever. 
Um, and one on one of the things you said in the book was you said to the question, shall we gather at the river or the beautiful, beautiful river? We saints of yore replied, no, we shan't. We shall gather in the sanctuary. <laughs> and you right. know that that had our hearts because I'm like, yes, let's gather where there's air conditioning. That's right. You know, like, in a climate controlled environment. Let me tell you what I love more than anything is to have sisters that can enter in with me on church humor. Because I'm going to tell you something. Church humor is good humor. It's good it humor. Is. It I, is. I, I knew that some people, listen, some people, I didn't have them in the book until I said that I had always believed that God was a homebody because he always wore a robe. <laughs> <laughs> he never, Jesus, as far as I could tell, never did change out of his house. So. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. There have been times when I've gone to speak somewhere and I have really like, I feel like I have been at the top of my game with some church humor and for whatever reason, it just did not land and it will, it will break your heart a little bit. Like it it really will clearly that these are unchurched people. There's no way you're not going to believe otherwise. I don't care how long they've been going there. They have, they've missed church and I am not even clear on whether or not they're saved. Right. Because like, this is funny, right? Yes. Everyone, this is funny. This church humor is funny. I know, but I think it's hard because like as somebody who just wrote a book that is currently the number one bestseller in religious humor on Amazon, <laughs> I'm like, is there any greater turnoff to want to, that doesn't make me want to buy it. I'm like, really? Religious humor? I just, oh. I don't know. I'm like, I, it just, it feels like, I don't know. I, it, it I just, it has a connotation that I don't yeah. like when you say having to try that hard you're not getting it religious right. humor that's why i said it was like and caroline hasn't laughed at my joke but i'm like that uh that pharaoh's daughter was the first businesswoman in the bible because she pulled a little prophet out of the nile river and i'm like that feels like it's gonna be full of those kind of jokes, you know, like, <laughs> y'all, I, this, we have no choice. I've tried <laughs> to explain to people over and over again. If you want to be godly, right. then you can't use off color humor. So you have to just go, if you're a laugher, right. you have to go to stupid because <laughs> you're <laughs> nasty. You know, it's just, you just have to there. I'm sorry. I don't even apologize for it. I'm just going to, I'm going to have the sense of humor of a nine-year-old and I'm, I'm going to own it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's kind of what you have to do. It's kind of what you have to do. But I think, okay, so outside, this is what I want to talk about is you said, Jesus, more of his parables send us out of the house and into the elements. So don't you think, cause I I know you love, right. You're one of your favorite things is to get out on y'all's land and walk around with the dogs and, and all of that. And I think Sophie and I are the same. Like I love to sit on my back porch and I know Sophie likes to go and walks around the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. So do you think there's something to being outside that helps us recharge and kind of find God in those spaces. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, um, I think that it's also an extremely important part of the metaphor, the metaphor of the vine that you notice that over and over again, most of Christ's parables are out, are outdoors instead of the very few are the ones like the woman that is sweeping out her house. Mm -hmm. Most of them are under 
under the um, under the sky in all its in all its elements. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of even uh, uh, the parable about building your house on the um, rock instead of the sand because when the storms and the winds come, and I'm thinking of all the occasions when he's talking about things that that are left to the elements. What what has happened to us in so many ways is that we have comforted ourselves right out of mm-hmm. our need uh, mm-hmm. for God. And I understand right. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of this culture too, as much or maybe more than most. I, I get it in every way, but because we've moved indoors, um, we, we've, we, we've sheltered ourselves mm. from many of the elements. They, they were honestly, because of the way they, they lived, they were completely dependent on Lord. You know, you've got to come you got to come through here. And the thing about it, I want to say this, and I know that the timing of this, I, we don't know as when, when you guys air this podcast, how things will be, but as we're at least taping it, we are really reminded right now mm-hmm. in a, 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 mm-hmm. a fair a global uh, threat and uh, crisis with this virus that uh, we that so much of this that we think we are controlling oh come on uh, it, it we don't it's an illusion right it's an illusion we are as much in the lord's hands as people were 200 years ago before they mm-hmm. had access to in of this kind of uh, man made life that we have built for ourselves selves and you know I'm, I'm not suggesting we go out and live in tents I'm simply saying that we we could be reduced to uh, conditions uh, that are uh, right back in that precarious state of God if you don't get us through uh, we're not going to make it right. we're just that is really honestly where we live and uh, so at least they knew at least they knew <laughs> that they were dependent on what on the rain that God sent, on the sun that he would bring out, mm-hmm. on the on the seasons, mm-hmm. whereas we've got this illusion that we really are controlling the narrative, and we're not. not. Right. Yeah. But that, that illusion yeah. of control, though, will make us, man, it will make us spin and pedal. Yes. And can, we will convince ourselves that, that it's just a matter of us doing one more thing, and it'll all be fine. And it'll I all think, be fine. I think what outside does, at least for me, um, besides the disconnect from all the stuff that just makes you crazy in the in the day to day, is is that it is a reset. It is a it's an establishment or a reestablishing almost of what the natural order of things should be, which is that I am really small in this space. God is so much bigger than I remember, and um, just to be in His creation That's right. um, and rest in His creation instead yes. of just constantly zipping through it like <laughs> uh, I couldn't agree mm-hmm. I could not agree more just mm-hmm. just mindful mindful of the immensity of God and the responsibility that it is his responsibility you mm-hmm. know every now and then when I'm just at my wits end because I can no longer you know I'm never going to be more frustrated than when I have no ideas to give God for how to handle <laughs> the situation that my family right. I just right. I don't he, get yes. I don't get anxiety until I'm out of answers to that's suggest right. to him. That's yes. when I start getting upset is when I'm just like, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I can't even help you. I can't mm-hmm. even help you. That's, right. that's when I'm going to get completely unnerved about it. But for us <laughs> just to, I mean, rest ourselves in his presence mm-hmm. and to go, man, you know, we're, we're 
yours. And there have been right. so many times that I've said to him, we're your responsibility. We're your people. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to save us. You have to yeah. save us. And he, and he does. Thank God he does. He does. He does. Hey, y'all, a quick break in this episode to talk to you about yoga sleep. It is no surprise that Melanie and I both value and treasure and adore a good night's sleep. We are just better people all the way around. It's better for our families if we get a good night's sleep. And we have learned over several years that we're going to sleep better every single night if we have some sort of white noise in the room with us. Well, that's why I'm so happy to tell you about Yoga Sleep because they have been making products for sleep for over 50 years and they actually invented the DOM, which is the very first white noise machine. Yoga Sleep knows how to make trusted sleep products that work and white noise is a natural approach to better sleep and relaxation. So great. Plus, you can take it with you no matter where you go. I always take a little sound machine with me when I travel. It makes whatever hotel room I happen to be sleeping in or whosoever home I happen to be sleeping in feel just a little bit more like it's my regular sleeping routine. Yoga Sleep's products are backed by a 101 night promise, meaning you can try them risk-free. And many of their sound machines are assembled at their North Carolina-based headquarters. And their team hand signs the quality control stickers on the bottom of the machines. So here's a practical way that we can fight sleep deprivation because real restorative sleep is crucial to our overall health. If you would like to try one of Yoga Sleep's great products, you can go to yogasleep.com slash bigboo to save an exclusive 20% off a sound machine for natural sleep for the whole family. That's yogasleep.com slash bigboo to get 20% off yogasleep.com slash bigboo. Okay, so Melanie, are we, are we ready to move into yeah. our, our light and fluffy and... We're going to make a hard pivot as we're talking about the outdoors. Then that leads me to think about sunscreen, which leads me to think about skincare. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to say that nobody, nobody, nobody is aging. Nobody's aging better than you, Beth Moore. I mean, <laughs> like, I've, I've known you. Wait. I mean, wait, you know, I, wait. if you ever write... An, a biography about me, <laughs> Melanie, because you know how there was nobody's cuter than you. Yeah. I this I think that would just be the perfect title for it. That's the no one aging better. That's right. Nobody's aging better than Beth Moore. You win. Listen, you, you win. You win because we've known. Well, I've been doing your Bible studies for probably twenty years. I've known you personally now for probably fifteen years, and I'm gonna say like. You really are like the epitome where I look and I'm like, well, how do you look better now than you looked 10 years ago? I really Seriously. don't understand. I think that we all need to learn from you in this area. <laughs> I agree. Um, and we want to know what you do. We want to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that Melissa loves to say to me, uh, and it's just really my favorite thing, she <laughs> will say to me, and she does it with a real, you know, real dry expression, real dry expression. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she just kind of nods as she says it and looks at me. And she says, Mother, the blonde was a bold move. <laughs> and so it, it was that you want to change something fairly shockingly. You know okay. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean you want to. I'm saying if, mm-hmm. if you're going with me on this, because please understand, listeners, we realize how ridiculous the conversation we're about to have is. So please know we get this in every way. You, right. That but that does not mean I'm not deeply invested in it because I am deeply <laughs> in, invested in what you're about to say before you yes. even said it deeply. 
because I want to love Jesus, but I want to look good while I'm doing That's it. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> okay. So it was a completely different, it was a completely different thing with the hair. That was one thing. Plus it was one reason why this is laughable to me is that I know that if I get on the floor, I'm, I still have, I have trouble getting up. It's, if Keith and I are both on the floor, we just look at each other almost hopelessly because there's no one to get. You know, we just have to climb each other like trees till the first one is up, and then the other one, and then they can help the other one up because you know it really is ridiculous, especially if you can see this skin. But um, especially the neck down. But I will tell you what was very, very, very much a blessing to me okay. when I was 46. So y'all, I'm 62. So I would have been 46. Okay. A, 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 a woman, my exact age, wrote me a letter and said what the Bible studies had meant to her. And okay. she said it was very, there was nothing, nothing in the least uh, sticky about it. Nothing, nothing uh, fannish about it. Nothing mm -hmm. uh, starstruck about it, none of that. It was just as, it just was as, as healthy and normal as could be. And she said, I, um, I, if I can ever give back to you and advise you at all, she said, you and I are exactly the same age. And she said, I am a dermatologist. Well, mm. now my, my coworker, Susan Kirby. Won't he do about, it? It's what I'm going to say. Won't he do it? <laughs> yeah, she's about 10 years my senior. And I'll never forget it. I wish that y'all knew what she looked like so you could picture the whole posture. She walks into my office. She sets the letter down on a table in my office. And she puts both hands on her hips. And she says in exactly this accent, Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> <laughs> because the Lord has provided that's and she right. said, I have a feeling that this is real. And she said, now, Beth, she said, you know, I would normally not say that. But she <laughs> said, I have a feeling that this is legit. Well, do you, you know what? I had guts enough to write her and said and say, I will take you up on that advice. Okay. And she started me on a regimen that uh, that I'm telling you um, has probably been most responsible for it. And okay. um, I'll also laugh with you because I think y'all will understand. I'm not certain exactly which element might be working. So I'm scared to stop any of it. Right. So I've added on like, say, whether it's drinking water or then like one time I said to, uh, gosh, y'all, I bet I would have been around your age. The first time I ever said to Kay Arthur, and she would have probably been maybe not quite as much older than um, I was, than, than I am to you guys, but, uh, but, but close. And I said to her, Kay, and I mean, it's true to this day. Mm -hmm. Your skin is so beautiful. I know. I, I want to know what you do. And I mean, she, she without hesitation said, "I I take Juice Plus that supplement." Okay. Oh, yeah. Tell okay. you, this was years ago. I would, I'd I still take it. I took it this morning. Okay. So who knows what is working and what is not? Because I'm scared to stop anything. Well, but. I'll tell you the two main things that my, that the dermatologist told me to do that I have done ever since. Okay. And, oh, she'll just send me, we don't live even in the same state, but she'll send me maybe a new product of some kind for Christmas, maybe one of those 
brushes for my face. What and I'm I'm being serious here, and y'all may not mean for me to be, but um, no, what I want to hear with the older skin, of course, is that it doesn't exfoliate the same way. Okay, that's that's okay. why it's that's why it ceases cooperating. That's one reason why it's you know it, it's just been around so long and gotten so much sun. <laughs> but um, but that's that's. The, from what I understand, and I believe me, I'm the furthest thing from a professional, but if I understood the the advice that I was given, that it's it's a matter of, of it's why a brush is a good thing to use. And oh my goodness, you can get it at you can get that at the grocery store. Right. That you're mm-hmm. sort of uh, I'm not talking about just tearing up your skin, but you are not being completely fragile with it. That's for sure. Cause you're, mm-hmm. you're wanting it to, uh, you're wanting it to exfoliate. So exfoliators mm-hmm. are really, really good. She, she taught me that. And then two main things that she told me to use. And she said, most everything else would be the same difference if it was at your, at Walgreens, mm-hmm. you know, okay. and, and where most of my makeup comes, only my, um, only my foundation and my under eye cream are actually from Dillard's. And I don't know, I don't know if all of our listeners are familiar with that, but a department store, everything else, uh, I use cosmetically is coming from Walgreens or CVS. But, uh, but she said two things, some kind of retinol, uh, product, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because what, what you're watching for when you see these products in the grocery store and they say that they reduce fine lines, I'll never forget her saying this. She said, "Let me tell you something. We're not interested in fine lines. We're interested in the ones you could run a truck through." That's right. That's <laughs> right. The crevices is what mm-hmm. I call them. Exactly. Who's worried about fine lines? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said, "So already your dead giveaway. That that's not really what you're looking for. Isn't fine lines?" She said, "You're really wanting something to get to the cellular." level of that of that skin so uh, some kind of retinol product and then the other one is I don't know what you would call this I'm going to tell you what the name of 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 it is but I don't know what you call it by its generic name but it's some kind of C and E product where it's some kind of where it's that um that like fruit uh, acid kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and again what these are doing and I don't have any clue if I'm if I'm even remotely accurate on the information but if I understand it correctly what both of them are doing is they're going after skin that is stubborn that does not want to exfoliate that's okay. that's mm-hmm. essentially what you're trying to do is you know I, well I laugh with my husband because about once a week or once every 10 days and I can't sometimes I try to plan it but I, I don't always get it right but my my whole face will completely peel off I um, mean listen my our friend Jamie Golden would tell you then you're doing it exactly right. She is always about getting a layer of skin off. It is. Mm-hmm. It is the truth, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's the truth, and it's not convenient, and it's going to happen just exactly when you need to be on camera, and you're or you're going to meet someone that you really want to think a lot of you, and all they can do is is stare at at the fact that you look like a snake. It's losing its its top layer you know they don't but that's that is the whole idea and so I man I have done that ever since so that's oh gosh you know how many how many years now so uh what uh 14 14 years so I do it religiously and I can't use it every night because I would honestly I, I don't 
my skin wouldn't be able to take it. I use the CNE every single day, but I do not use a retinol product every night because my skin would be too sensitive to it. But then the big thing, y'all, and I know you hear this all the time, you've already said it. I mean, sunscreen on the face, what I did yes, wrong, mm-hmm. I didn't do. I didn't also do my neck and you can tell the difference. If I looked you straight in the face, you would see that my neck looks about uh, 10 years older than my face because I didn't take my sunscreen all the way down to the top, you know, just below mm-hmm. my neck, chest. I always, I just put it on my face, but okay. you have to have sunscreen needs to go all the way down that neck mm-hmm. and to the top, to your collarbone, at least. I feel like if we could get a live look at Melanie right now, she'd be like that Jeff of that cat that's at the typewriter. <laughs> that's just like taking down the information as fast as they can. I feel like that's what I, she would look like right I now. I feel like the sunscreen on the neck was just a word for me because I feel like I'm... <laughs> You've been real like, worried about your neck lately. I ha- I feel well, like. because as Nora mm-hmm. Ephron said, I feel bad about my neck. You know what I mean? Like as you get older because I'm going to be 49 this year and you do start to realize it does not have the same. And so I've been, I've been like moisturizing and I've always pushed that skin up on my neck, you know, like everything, go up, go see Jesus, go, go up high. But I, but I think the sunscreen, Beth, that was just a game changer for me because I am not putting sunscreen on my neck. I mean, I do if I'm going to be outside, but not just day to day. And now I'm like, Oh, I think I need to expand it. You've got to, and you've got to get that retinol all the way down that neck, all the way down that neck. So you're never stopping at your jawline. You're going all, all the way down. And so that I just love that we get to bring that word today. And I'm going to, I am going to tell y'all something and I'm not teasing with you here. I'm really not. I'm I'm hoping somebody hangs on and hears this much if we've already lost him on the skincare, because I'm going to tell you something honest to goodness, the physical part of aging is really the only bad part. I know right. that seems like a lot because for, for me, you know, my 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 bones hurt. I just, man, I have had spinal issues now for, mm-hmm. well, every bit of that length of time. It, it, it would have been since I was in my mid-40s. So uh, my, my body just most of the time really, really aches. But I want to tell you something so much because I was thinking about you being Melanie, because 50 can be a, mind, a bit of a mind bender. Mm-hmm. And um, I, gotta, I, I want you to know something. I have only gotten happier as a woman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm telling you the truth as okay. well as I know how to tell it. I have uh, one thing that I loved about it. I loved somehow getting to a place. I don't know if I can make get, get this across um, the way I mean it or not. I sort of, to me, there was something about going, okay, I can't even play like anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have, mm-hmm. I don't have to play like, I can't play like I'm in, in my thirties anymore. I'm in my fifties and sixties. And there's mm-hmm. something about going, so be it. Yes, ma'am. So be yeah. it. I, I, I own it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I just, I can't tell you my friendships, the, 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 uh, the fulfillment of being a woman has been so much better for me in the, um, as time has gone on. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trade being a woman for anything on earth, right. not for anything on earth. And I think mm-hmm. that's only gotten better. So I do want to throw that out there and I mean it. I don't mean that as any kind of small consolation either. I mean, I, it mm-hmm. would not matter how, um, we could get the outside to go if we were miserable inside. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I think, I think getting older is, I mean, it's a drag on the outside, obviously it a is. lot of times for a lot of reasons, but on the inside, Oh, it's, there's something about Wouldn't it. Go I back. told somebody the other day, I was like, I, like I, I feel like I'm all the way done with enabling people. Like I, and, and I Me don't too. all the way done Me all the too. way. Me too. Would not go back there. I would not go back 10 minutes. Uh, let let alone ten years. I would not go back ten minutes. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I think like that's good. That was a that was a sermon. Now, yeah, listen, that was good. I hope y'all didn't miss the part about occasionally changing the hair. <laughs> but listen, I, I am I am scared that we're going to let our time go by that I don't get to bring up something out of on the bright side, Melanie. Oh, yes. This this is the most delightful book and it okay. would save so many people so much money on therapy honestly I feel like I feel like I could say you could get if you got the bright side on the bright side I feel like you could cut it down to two therapy sessions a month and get by <laughs> I do I want to go ahead and say that but I'd like to turn your attention to page 133 and i wish i could take a picture right now so you could see that you could see how i marked it because when you said (laughs) i don't know if i can read it author and labot once said if people wanted you to write warmly about them then they should have behaved better that's right (laughs) yes and then when you said, because this is what my memoir is waiting on, I keep waiting for people in my family to pass away. <laughs> but anyway, it says, I have also, this is you now, Valley. I have also made the decision that there are a whole lot of stories I will eventually tell decades from now in a book called... <laughs> store near you in yeah. some time in the next 20 years i have That's it right. all in my head it's all up there now that everybody's dead oh, oh melly you know the reason listeners the reason why we're tickled is because this is just truer than you know because the thing <laughs> is that I, I have all sorts of things i could tell some of you would not believe what my life has really been like but the reason i haven't and you're thinking well you've told us so much how come you haven't told us that well because of the right. same reason I'm stuck right here. My whole family does not want me telling all this stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, also, I also have to throw this out here. When you said we've all read horror stories about someone who tweets something, probably impulsively, gets on a plane, and then lands hours later to discover they've been fired from their job and their whole life is bumped. I guess, you know, if you were just going to put, if you wanted to talk to me, Melanie, you could have just texted me. It's <laughs> 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 my life. Is that I don't realize that I have blown up the ministry from the time that I got on that airplane until I landed. And listen, I want to tell you something else, too. I'm not going to start getting online on my flight. I'm not going to. If if I'm going to, it's going to be to watch a movie. Yeah. But I'm not going because it is the only respite I have where I do not have to watch what is happening with my life and ministry online. Yes, uh, I get that. I to- I mean, I get it. I, I honestly, uh, after the last two years, I don't know how you, like, I applaud you for having the wherewithal or just the sheer stubbornness to stay on Twitter. Sheer stubbornness. <laughs> it, 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 
truly is. Because well, I would have been is, like, check, please. I would have been like, I would have been like, okay, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Yes, except for y'all. And I have told you to this. And now, now I'll get serious for a second because I, I could not mean this more. I mean, like I could not, this is like, if you took a bone marrow uh, test on me and you drew this uh, from the inmost parts of my being, you would see that this is the truth. Mm. I tell you right now that one reason why I have stayed out there is because of the women coming up behind me mm-hmm. in these generations. And you guys are going to have to do the same. What happens when our younger women watch all their older sisters mm-hmm. uh, just like uh, just let themselves be bullied off right. and yeah. uh, let themselves be totally silenced? That we're going to tuck tail and run, and it's, it's we can't we cannot do that to our our younger generations. We cannot. We have a responsibility. To them, and we have to be uh, the way I see it. And I'm thinking in terms of uh, of your son, um, Sophie, and I'm thinking of of your daughter, Melanie. I'm thinking of my granddaughters and my grandson. Those coming up behind us, chances are their world is going to be even tougher mm-hmm. than yeah. ours, uh, and that it's going to be even easier to be um, uh, silenced to be bullied off the scene and mm-hmm. uh, just by virtue of the fact that second Timothy three describes that sociologically uh, things will tend to get there be tend to, tend to be more and more uh, sociological madness and just people just being self-centered and rude and and abusive and so I, I just don't know we have to have them prepared and yeah. so I, we got to be faithful we have got to stay out there. And I, you know, I've told people before, I have never considered not for one minute. Have I ever considered, um, quitting ministry because I, I'm in it. I'm in it for Jesus that mm-hmm. he's right. He's it. He, I ever surrendered in the first place. He's it. And so I'm, I'm in with him to the death, God willing. But what I have considered is of course it can be very, very, uh, it can be very appetizing to think about getting off off public mediums, yeah. but that I have to think about you and Sophie, and then I have to think about Caroline, and then I have to think yeah. about Annabeth, and I think right. about Willa, mm-hmm. and I think about all our young uh, women that are coming up, even into ministry, even into into fields of uh, communicators and writers. What what shall we say to them? We're That's quitters. Right. We left you a legacy of quitting. We're going to whine and cry like little babies and yeah. we're going to, you know, run off and, uh, and, and hide and sulk. And I am God willing, not doing it. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You're not doing no. it. And no. I'm going to tell you too. I mean, you know, you know this in a lot of ways, but, but it matters. And I think for, for me to see you in it every, every day, sometimes multiple times a day, um, I, I can't tell you what it, it means and it, what it, it has, it has made me want to do over the course of, I would say the last three or four years. And Melanie knows this about me too, is I'm like, Oh, I will stick around and fight. Like, I don't want to, yes. I don't want to fight people, but I want to fight for what matters and I, I want to fight too. for the kingdom. And so I think like, so thank you on behalf well, of so many of us for Sophie, for doing I'd that. like to say thank you for how many times we've gone from Twitter 
to texting. That's right. And all yeah. the things we could not say. In That's right. Public. Listen, <laughs> listen. Don't tell me that that is not some therapy right there. It is somebody some therapy. You can say it with straight out. It is some therapy for sure. But, um, but I'm so grateful for the girls that I that I work with every day. That that there are so many women who are fighting the good fight. Um, not again, we're not talking about any kind of, of political anything. They're like, there's no, there's no political party that's worth all our no. allegiance. And absolutely, we're not. talking about, we're talking about fighting for people and fighting for the kingdom and fighting, fighting, fighting for the church, fighting for the church. You know, right. I, I've told people all over and over again, you, you, you misunderstand that the only reason at all, when you say, you know, you got involved in why did you go into politics? I didn't go into politics. Politics mm-hmm. came to church. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. My interest is in the health of the church. Yeah. And so um, that's where that's where things got uh, really, really um, messy and foggy. So anyway, these are hard, hard uh, days to navigate. And I do believe, I, you know, a friend of mine said to me not long ago, a name that, that all of you, uh, that both of you would know and all of our listeners uh, would recognize a man that I greatly respect that just said, Beth, you know, I see you doing that. He said, I'm just not, I just don't feel compelled to enter in. I said, that's because you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that. I really do believe there are people that, that um, mm-hmm. God is saying, you're, you're going to open your big mouth here and, and don't misunderstand me. I've opened it many a time that, uh, <laughs> that I did not have any such divine compelling, but, uh, <laughs> but I do think there are people that, are called to enter into some of that, and there are people that are not. And so, right. not every we, one thing that that this culture does not get to make us do is is speak into everything. I when when yes. somebody just nothing drives me crazier. Now I just roll my eyes at it. But like when people go like, oh, "Your silence is deafening." You know, I'm gonna tell you something. Mm-hmm. I, you don't get to tell me when to speak. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because there are a lot of times I feel like I'll see something and I'm like, this is not, my voice doesn't need to enter into this thing. Enough people are saying the things that are smarter and better and wiser than I am. And so I'm not going to just be part of the peanut gallery. You know, it's kind of knowing what what stands to stand on and and what not to. But um, I, I think you've done such a good job. Beth, and it's no surprise. I mean, you've led us all for, I mean, gosh, what a generation of us you have raised up and mm-hmm. stewarded in so many ways and been so faithful to serve and, and taken the hits for us. You know, I mean, I, you know, I say all the time and I was telling Perry at dinner last night when we were talking about us doing this today. I mean, if not for your ministry, how many of us would have never written books or done any of that because you really paved the way and, and showed us how to do it and opened doors that, that became open because of your faithfulness. So in all seriousness, we owe you feel, such a huge debt of gratitude. I feel like such a train wreck most of the time, but I tell you, I, I, I will end this with the two of you with this, that I've told you both many, many times, how on earth I was graced enough by God for you two women to have loved me, I just do not know. But it has been the funnest relationship. <laughs> it has it truly has. We are each, for you that are listening in, we have a three. We, we have the three of us. We're in a little text group of the three of us. And then we each have, then we're each each on with just just one another so me and Sophie and me and Melanie and uh, go back and forth all the time but it is just it is 
so much fun. And not only, of course, <laughs> we do a lot of laughing, but we don't, it's not always laughing. The other day, Sophie, Melanie, and I got off on something that, I mean, was just right. <laughs> both of us were pulling out our hair at the same time. It had to do with publishing. Both of us <laughs> pulling out our hair at exactly the same time over the pressures, the pressures, the stress of Listen. being, um, of having a book published, the stress of it is nearly, it will nearly kill you. And then by the end of it, we were laughing so hard we could not see <laughs> But in the beginning, we were, I mean, like we were on the ledge. Right, right. We were. <laughs> we were. Well, you, you continue oh. to mean the world to us. And God has been really kind to us to enable us to, to, be involved in your life and for you to be involved in our lives and we're so grateful and you are just a hero to us besides being a friend and um it's it's the sweetest thing one of the sweetest things i think we would both agree no, Melanie, that the same, lord has done for us i love you so much and i hope so much we've served your listeners today well, if nothing else, they're going to know, they're going to know all about exfoliating and they're going to know that I have an unnatural preoccupation with metaphors. So <laughs> I think, no, you know, go blonde, not gray. That's right. That's go right. Blonde. Yep. You go blonde yep. and put sunscreen on your neck. That's right. Put sunscreen on your neck. If you take nothing else away, put sunscreen on your neck. This has been very instructive. It's been very <laughs> instructive. So we cannot thank you enough. I and I cannot recommend that. enough if people are looking for a book that is, well, it's utterly engaging because the subject matter is so real life, but that is deep and that will challenge you. And you really can camp out on a paragraph for some days. Um, then you need to get a copy of Chasing Vines. It will be a great companion for you, especially now we're headed into spring and we've got all the little leaves everywhere. Got some fresh things blooming and growing. It's a, a mm -hmm. A sweet time of year to start this book. Thank y'all both so very, very much. I love you. We love you Thanks, too. Thanks, Beth. We love okay. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.